Hey, thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message today, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. So I'm still preaching from Joshua. And what I want you to know about Joshua is, first of all, in Joshua chapters 1 through 12, we see the description of the conquest of the land of Canaan. Moses died. Joshua leads the people across the Jordan River into the land of Canaan. And the first 12 chapters describe the conquest of the land of Canaan by the Israelites. Okay? That's 1 through 12. Well, there are 24 chapters in Joshua. So, obviously, the book is not only about the conquest of Canaan. What else is it about? Well, from chapters 13 through 21, we see the description of the distribution of the land. So the first 12 chapters, they conquer the land, at least most of it. And chapters 13 through 21, Joshua starts assigning different properties to the various groups within the tribes of Israel. So I want us to to think about this. We're going to look at some selected verses in chapters 13 through 21. uh, And we're going to see exactly to whom this land was distributed. So in the land that God promised the Israelites, there was a place first for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. There were 12 tribes within the nation of Israel. One tribe for every one of the sons of Jacob in the middle part of the book of Genesis. And so I want you to look with me, first of all, at Joshua chapter 13, verse 8. Joshua chapter 13, verse 8. We're going to see how Joshua distributed the land to each of these 12 tribes. First, in Joshua 13, 8, the other half of Manasseh, Manasseh is one of the tribes, the Reubenites, Reuben was a, a son of Jacob, and Gad, the Gadites, received the inheritance that Moses had given them on the eastern side of the Jordan, as he, the servant of the Lord, had assigned it to them. So uh, you have half of the tribe of Manasseh, but more importantly, you have the allotment for the tribes of Gad and Reuben. Now skip over to Joshua chapter 15, verse 1. And we'll see the allotment for another tribe. The allotment for the tribe of Judah. And by the way, Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. The allotment for the tribe of Judah, according to its its clans, extended down to the territory of Edom, to the desert of Zin, in the extreme south. So we have a half-tribe of Manasseh, the Reubenites, the Gadites, the people of Judah, Then skip over to chapter 16, the first three verses of chapter 16, and we have the allotment for the tribe of Joseph. The allotment for Joseph began at the Jordan, east of the springs of Jericho, and went up from there through the desert into the hill country of Bethel. It went on from Bethel, that is Luz, crossed over the territory of the Archites into Ataroth, descended westward to the territory of the Japhletites, as far as the region of lower Beth Horon and on to Gezer, ending at the Mediterranean Sea. So what we're seeing here is that Joshua distributed the land first to the tribes of Israel. Chapter 17, verse 1. This was the allotment of the tribe of Manasseh. We've already seen that half of the tribe of Manasseh received land on the eastern side of the Jordan. Now the other half gets land on the western side 
This was the allotment for the tribe of Manasseh as Joseph's firstborn, that is for Machir, Manasseh's firstborn. Machir was the ancestor of the Gileadites who had received Gilead and Bashan because the Machirites were great soldiers. Then in chapter 18, verse 11, the first lot came up for the tribe of Benjamin. According to its clans, their allotted territory lay between the tribes of Judah and Joseph. So we're talking about the distribution of the land to the tribes of Israel. Chapter 19, verse 1. The second lot came out for the tribe of Simeon, according to its clans. Their inheritance lay within the territory of Judah. Chapter 19, verse 10. The third lot came up for Zebulun. Zebulun is, is one of the sons of Jacob, one of the tribes. According to its clans, the boundary of their inheritance went as far as Sarid. Verse 17 of chapter 19, the fourth lot came out for Issachar, according to its clans. Verse 24, the fifth lot came out for the tribe of Asher, according to its clans. And chapter 19, verse 32, the sixth lot came out for Naphtali, according to its clans. And then chapter 19, verse 40, we're just walking through these chapters. The seventh lot came out for the tribe of Dan, and according to its clans. Now, there's one other tribe that uh, we need to mention, but this tribe was not supposed to receive any large pieces of property. It was the tribe of Levi, the Levites. They were the ones who operated the priest ministry, the sacrificial ministry, and they were not to have any large pieces of land, but God did include them because in chapter 21, Verses 1 through 3, we find this about the allotment for the tribe of Levi, the Levites. Now, the family heads of the Levites approached Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the heads of the other tribal families of Israel at Shiloh and Canaan, and said to them, The Lord commanded through Moses that you give us towns to live in, with pasture lands for our livestock. So, as the Lord had commanded, the Israelites gave the Levites the following towns and pasture lands out of their own inheritance. So the preachers actually got something in this whole thing when they thought they were going to be left out. So what we have here is that Joshua distributed the land among all the tribes of Israel. But he's not done. Because not only did God order that land be given to the tribes of Israel, God did something very strange and unexpected. We probably would not like what he did. But here's what he did. He allowed a place for fugitives. Joshua chapter 20, verses 1 through 3. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Tell the Israelites to designate the cities of refuge as I instructed you through Moses so that anyone who kills a person accidentally and unintentionally may flee there and find protection from the avenger of blood. So God not only provided a place for his people, the tribes, but he set aside cities of refuge, sanctuary cities, if you will, for the fugitives who had accidentally or unintentionally killed somebody. They could run to those cities, and they were to be safeguarded if they ran to those cities. God allowed a place for fugitives. 
Isn't that amazing and, and, and really odd? You say, well, not really, because they, it says those who killed unintentionally, those who killed accidentally. Have you ever listened to uh, someone who's accused of something? You ever listened to their testimony? You know what percentage of, of accusers will tell you that they didn't mean to do what they did? That it was either accidental or it was unintentional? The majority. On the other hand, have you ever, how, how many victims you ever heard interviewed and, and they said, oh, it was unintentional that he killed my mama or it was accidental that they, he robbed my house. Most everybody thinks that when a crime is committed against them, it's the person did it intentionally. And in all honesty, probably was. But you know, most people who are accusers claim unintentionality. How do you know? You say, well, God knew. Yeah, God knew, but God placed it in the hands of the leaders of Israel to determine what was to be done with these fugitives. So what did you have to rely on? You relied on what he said versus what he said. What he said, she said. She said, he said. And God provided a place for the fugitives, cities of refuge. What about that? So here we have the 12 tribes of Israel living in Canaan. We have fugitives a place in Canaan. We even have some folks who are in the Canaanites who are supposed to be wiped out. They're living among the folks in Canaan. What are we to make of all that? Here's what I think we're to make of all that. In God's kingdom, which includes his church, there is a place for everyone. There's a place for everyone. What about the sorry rascal? There's a place for the sorry rascal. What about the person who's angry all the time? There's a place for her or him. What about, what about the person who has no family? There's a place for them. The, the person who has no job? There's a place for them. For the millionaire? There's a place for him. There's a place for everyone. In fact, John 3.16, the most memorized verse in all Scripture, for God so loved the world... That whoever believes, God sent his only son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Listen, God's kingdom has a place for everyone who will. And if God's kingdom has a place for everyone who will, then God's church can do no different. We must have. And we must be a place for the young, the old, the new, the long time, the poor, the rich, the male, the female, the person with a bad past, the person with no past, or perceptively no past. God's kingdom, even back in the Old Testament, had a place for everybody. In a moment, we're going to have an invitation. I'm going to pray, and then we'll have an invitation. And if you are here and you've never invited Christ to be your Savior and your Lord, God wants you to know that he has provided a place for you. Are you willing to come and receive Jesus into your life, believing that he died on the cross for your sins? Are you willing to come? Or do you have a church home? If you're not a member of any local church and, and you're here today and you're praying about a home church, I want you to know that, that our church 
has a place for you. Because we're a church who wants to have a place for everyone, just like God's kingdom. 